Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird hey Susie! i am so excited to be here today because I'm going to rant and rave and expound, emphasis on pound, expound, on a couple of subjects today, and I just can't wait to get worked up. Oh, boy, what are they? Tell us what they are. What are they? Tease us. Well, I'm going to talk about our fear of germs, germophobia, and I'm going to talk about the difference between an Australian high-level woo-woo shampoo and uh, the dogliness shampoo. Ooh, all of this on episode 390 of the Groom Pod recorded on October 22nd, 2023 in Snohomish, Washington and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by you, the listeners, through our Patreon account and by our kind sponsors, Best Shot, Show Season, Groomore, and Stazco. And if you'd like to tip your podcasters, you can do it at the website, groompod.com, where you'll find two, count them, two buttons. You'll find a button to donate straight to Barbara and another button to join us on Patreon with a subscription donation to support the show. Barbara, this week what's new is brought to you by Groomore Software. If you haven't found Groomore, you're missing out. Groomore is an all-in-one software solution for your grooming business. Whether you are a solo mobile groomer or manage several shops, Groomore has everything you need. 24-hour online booking and forms, routing, credit card processing, reminders, Google Calendar and QuickBooks integration, and so much more. And the best customer service anywhere. Shop mobile or house call, Groomore has you covered. And they're giving us a free month. Just enter GroomPod22 in the coupon code. We have two new subscribers on Patreon, and I'd like to take a moment and thank them. So it's Doris Serino and Samantha Dalton. Thanks, you guys. Hey, thank you. Welcome. So I know you have a good story for us. Tell us about Hunter. Well, Hunter's back. And uh, those of you who have followed the Groom Pod for a couple of years will remember that Hunter is a little Scotty that I do that kind of has special needs. And he uh, goes to the Poconos or some resort in the forest of the East. <laughs> and uh, upscale, they have money. So it's an upscale resort destination for the summer and he always comes back groomed horribly oh i hate that well you know what i have a love hate because i hate it that it happens but i love transforming him back into a scotty <laughs> i could see that totally he's horrible to work on because he's very bitey about his ears his neck 
and well, it's now his neck also, his tail, and he gets scary, but he's never actually bitten me. Ah. You know, like, and I always think, well, I dodged that. No, he just didn't connect. He's just a faker. I think he's faking it, but I'm not going to push him because if I push him, he'll push and then we will get bitten or bit. Is it bitten or is it bit? Well, I don't hmm. know. Does it matter? No. So uh, he came back this year and the groomer place where she's been for the last five years shaved him down. What? Shaved the damn Scotty, skirted Scotty in a breed profile with no match because he doesn't have a profuse coat. It's very wispy kind of pretend coat. She went to the place and she said, I'd like to have him clipped closer around the neck and I'd like to have the back shorter. So somebody translated that into short. All over. All over. Yikes. You know, the detail of the short request did not come across. She didn't put it in writing. She didn't know really that, well, I mean, it wouldn't have done her any good to use the proper professional terms, which is, I want the flat work shorter. The flat work? Flat work. All of this stuff where you blend the neck into the colicky place. Remember how I told you that we do the shoulders on the terrier, so we do the front of the shoulders straight? That applies to the Scotty as well. And it's called the flat work because it is closer. Okay. It's actually closer than the pattern on the back. But if she had said that, they wouldn't have known what she was talking about anyway, because here you didn't even know. I didn't I know. know. I, I'm going to give you a ding for learning a new word for me. Well, good. And I only learned it from competitive groomers who teach each other these proper terms. So um, because they have to communicate when you get a critique in the in the after the class that you compete in, you need to know that need to speak the same language. So you have to learn a little more terminology. Well, anyway, um, he came in and I determined, oh, and, and she said, and his tail is just a great bush. So <laughs> I, he came in and I determined that they were unable to clip or do anything with his tail, his neck, or, or his head. So they just this took the body head. off? And so he just took them short all over and let this big head and this bushy tail. Can you imagine thinking that that was all right? No. She said, she said I, I said, did you talk to them? She said, oh, indeed. <laughs> I almost <laughs> cried. I was so upset. And I got free baths for the rest of the summer. So the rest of the summer, so that probably happened about the second time she took him. And and probably the first time she took him, he wouldn't let them 
do the backs of his ears or anything around his ears or the sides of his face or his neck and chest or his tail. He's always hated me doing his tail. And so I've always done this little dog with Yvonne helping me because for some reason he trusts Yvonne a little more than he trusts me. Maybe because she doesn't use the clippers or anything. And she just talks to him and just kind of holds him in a way that he's not going to, you know, bite me. And I don't have to put a muzzle on him because he's not really going to bite. And if he, if he seems to be in a particularly grouchy mood, I will muzzle him. But they had not done around the, the eyelashes and under the eyes where the, the hair actually kind of irritates the eye. I usually go in there pretty close and I, I fix that all up. And poor guy, he's got a serious dry eye problem. He's on ointment, eye ointment every four hours for life. We just fell into our usual action and he just let me do a really nice job it was just like so much fun i took him down with like a five blade or a blue comb and just started leaving a little skirt there and started leaving a little bit more on his legs and tidied him up i did his tail she held his head and i just did it and i did his head took me a while and I charged more because it was a makeover. And it took you longer. And it took us longer. And the owner was fine with that. And boy, I didn't tell her yet that I was retiring. <laughs> That's one that I skipped. And it was earlier in the week. But I did talk to a few of my customers and reveal the plan to close the shop at the end of December. Move to South Carolina. I'm coming. I'm a coming. I'm fixing them. Yeah, that's cool. So that was my my week. My week was telling customers that I'm leaving them and assuring them that I'm going to try to place them with a substitute groomer in Tucson that I think will be nice to their dogs and style them properly. And Hunter's Makeover. What about you? Oh my goodness, I'm preparing to show you a picture here. As you know, I groom all of my vet's dogs, all my different vets. I've got the exotic vet, I have the horse vet, I have the small animal vet. And I went and groomed my horse vet's golden retriever. He's 105 pounds, he's massive, but he's very cooperative and I'm grateful for that. So I went over to the house and I pulled in and parked and his wife, who is his tech, came out of the house and I'll tell you a, a precursor funny story. She goes, oh, come in the house. You can see how we live because I hadn't been inside their house. And I walked in their house and on their kitchen table, remember horse vet. I want to preface this by horse vet. I walk in and on their kitchen table is their German shepherd anesthetized, legs out, balls shaved, getting ready to be neutered on their table. <laughs> I walked in there and I went, are you kidding? I laughed. I thought first they were stuffing, you know, doing taxidermy or something. And then I realized his balls were shaved. So I knew what was going on. I kind of chuckled. And then we walked outside and she 
brought Fergus the Golden's Golden with us, and she goes, "Oh, have you met Vicky?" And I said, "Why, no, I haven't met Vicky." And she goes, "Oh, come over here. I want to introduce you to Vicky." So I am going to share with Barbara, Vicky. Did it work? Yeah, there she is. Her name is Vicky Camel, and she's a two hump camel. She's a double hump. Yeah. And she's, I kid you not, she felt like she was the size of an elephant. She was so big when I went and stood next to her. I was blown away. She is super nice. But look how she can lower her neck into a like a deep curve. Absolutely. Oh, she's smiling. Oh, she was delightful. She needed a bath, but I couldn't fit her in my trailer. She gave me a big kiss on my face with her big camel lips. Oh, I would love to go bathe her. Oh, I know. I said, could she fit in the horse trailer? And they said, absolutely, she fits in the horse trailer, but she has to lay down. So she kind of goes in on and lays down in the big stock trailer because it's a little short for her. But she can get in there. And they were looking for an unusual pet. And as he works with some of the shelters with horse rescue... One of the shelters heard he was looking for something unusual and called and said, hey, we have a surrendered camel. And she goes, we have a, cam a two-hump camel here who's extremely emaciated. And she's so emaciated that she doesn't have either hump. She had used all the fat up that they store in the humps. And she was skin and bones. So, of course, they immediately ran over and brought her home and fattened her up. And she's just so engaging and the minute you walk over to her enclosure she comes running up and on her sign it says vicky camel every day is hump day <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty cool i will share this picture of vicky camel on our facebook group facebook.com slash group slash the groom pod you know i'm not taking anybody new i've i swear i'm not taking anybody new I had two cats on the day I cut the cat. Remember the day I cut the cat? The other cat was a rag doll with some interesting people, and I did a clipper comb cut on the rag doll. I got a phone call from them later in the day, and I thought, this is bad. Why are they calling me? I already had the incident with the other cat. Uh, and she says to me, you really seem to like your job. And I was like, okay. What's going on to come after this? And she goes, we're so grateful that we met you and you are so considerate to my daughter and her cat and blah, blah, blah. Butter me up, butter me up. I was like a piece of toast, butter all over the place. And she says, my sister has a Yorkie. And every time in the last year that she has gone to get groomed, the dog just starts freaking out before they even get in the door. And she panics, and then when they pick her up, she's all shaky, and she's panting, and she's obviously stressed. And because you enjoy your job so much, and you obviously care so much, is there any way that you would do my sister's Yorkie? And I said, how often do you like the dog done? And they said, oh, only every three months. And I'm thinking, oh, that's easy, three, comb all over, little Westy head. I'm in. I'll do it. She buttered me up enough. You know, I, I'm I'm well greased at this point. I absolutely took the bait. So I did the dog yesterday. I got over there. It looks like it was a breeding Yorkie because the nips are a little pronounced, hang a little bit low, if you will. 
But the dog is cute. And of course, because it was probably a puppy mill Yorkie breeder, the elbows and the shoulders on this dog are so loose that if you move the arms around, they just feel like a not even a posable action figure, like one of those dolls that had the strings in between the legs and you just move it and there's lots of loose joints, horribly loose joints. And the dog's 10 now and I'm sure it's painful and they were probably just doing what they had to do to get the dog's nails done or whatever. But tiny little Yorkie, probably six pounds with horrible, horrible joints. So I groomed the dog. She was lovely, but I did most of it in the hammock. So she didn't have to stand and I wasn't stressing her legs. And when I brought the dog in, the dog turned around and ran back to me and started to lick me. And the lady teared up. She's like, I can't believe this is such a different experience. And I know she didn't want to pay me the $100 it costs for me to come to your house. But she happily paid it and a $20 cash tip. It was just such a great experience. And sometimes the universe sets you up with people who really need you. This dog really needed me. And I made her feel better. So I'll go back there every few months and take care of this little Yorkie. But it made me feel all warm and fuzzy. Now I'm all warm and fuzzy. (laughs) Congratulations. I think that's really quite an achievement. I love you for that. But I honor you for that. I was able to change this dog's perception of what we do in one visit. I mean, from beginning to end, the dog was nervous and uncomfortable when she got in the trailer. I took a few minutes to give her a cuddle, let her sniff stuff, show her around, then into the bathtub. She didn't mind the HV dryer on her body, but it obviously bugged her on her head. So I got out my little brush dryer, used that little light air to finish up her head and Like magic, she just started to transform into this love sponge right there in front of me instead of a nervous, worried puppy dog. I guess if you butter me up enough, (laughs) I'll do whatever you want. Very proud of you. I'm proud to be your partner, girl. Ah, thank you. I'll take that. This is my, my biggest concern about leaving Tucson and retiring and leaving my customers is that they're not going to find someone with my kind of compassion. It's hard. I'm just going to try to spread the love a a whole lot before I go so that these groomers will know that they can take a moment more and charge a dollar more. Just try to listen to what the dog is telling you and try to believe The pets on our table, they're not just acting up. When I told you this story, you told me a phrase that I really like, and it's, we work with the dog, not on the dog. Yes. That's cool. Work with the dog to get the best result that you can. And sometimes that result is very good. Yes. Sometimes it's pretty rough. I have a Shih Tzu Maltese that I've been grooming for years. I think he's about 10 years now. And his 11-year-old Maltese daddy, the Shih Tzu mix is grossly obese. And I've been working with that owner for 10 years, trying not to get to this point. But we're to the point now where everything hurts. This dog, you know, years, several years ago, 
he bit the owner. Oh, the owner stepped on his foot or something like that, and he bit the owner, and they had a real severing of relationship. This guy can hardly put the harness on his dog. He has to leave it on. And he gets all upset if the dog gets out of it because he's risking his hands putting it on him. Trauma. And for years, I never had a problem with Toro. He was always fine with Yvonne and I. And that's because we kind of controlled him and kind of got him through it. And he, he, we gained his trust. But now it's too painful. He doesn't trust anything we did. He was snapping at me the whole time I was grooming him. And I had to tell his dad that he has become really difficult to groom. And then I had to tell his dad that I was retiring. Ooh, a double whammy. Yeah. So your dog can't stand to be groomed and is going to bite the groomer and you're going to go to a new guy? You know? Well, I said, I'm going to try to find someone that will compromise the result for the sake of the dog and just do what they can do and not worry a whole lot about it. And not hurt the dog. They get done every three weeks. So in the way that I do it with him is that I do a full mindful groom on one dog and I do a bath and tidy. And and now he's adopted a third dog. Yikes. And how am I going to find somebody that's going to be patient enough for that dog and not rough him up when he starts getting nippy and because people take it personally groomers take it personally when a dog snaps at them i was pretty sure with the yorkie that they had done some wrestling with this dog because when i picked up her foot she got tense i mean i felt it in her whole little tiny body she was like no here it comes here it comes and i said nope you're good i got you we're going to do this a different way. Popped her in the hammock. She thought that was pretty cool. She was looking out the window. <laughs> now my uh, table goes so high, I can raise her way up. And so she was able to see around. Now it's like an amusement park ride up there in the hammock. But it made it so much easier for her. i try the hammock with Toro next time. Yeah, good idea. You know, he can't stand up. Right. Keep sitting down, keep sitting down. Well, don't fight with him about sitting down. Put a comfortable strap under him or do the hammock. I think we'll do the hammock next time. And he's got one foot, one leg that's popped out his cruciate ligament in the back and didn't get surgery. Oh, boy. And so they did a just let it heal kind of thing. Well, that was the beginning of the end of this dog's tolerance of grooming because now... If you pick up a front foot, it forces him to put weight on a back foot. So I let him sit down and then talk to him about his front foot. Well, he's to the point now of like, fuck you, no. Uh, you know, so I mean, I did do a little talking to him and be able to like snip around the foot a little bit and, you know, shorten it and and get some of the top hair off because the dog gets filthy dirty in three weeks. So, you know, like, that was a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it's rough and it won't be the last one either as you go towards the end of the year. But I love 
finding solutions for people. I love placing them somewhere and then having it work out. I like to have them go before I quit so that if I'm going to have them move to a different groomer, they try it once before I'm gone from the area so that I can maybe suggest someone different if it doesn't work out. I'm even thinking in in one case, you having them set up a January appointment, because I know I'm going to still be here in January, have them set up a January appointment with a new groomer and have the groomer agree to let me come in and coach. I like that. The style and the and to see how I handle the dog. I, I think I might try that. I'm especially going to do that with my uh, Yorkie that's the wealthy lady that's very generous to me and been very helpful during my illness and recovery and um, turned out to be just a wonderful person. She's a gift. Yep. You know, she's not just a referral. This Yorkie is so good about grooming. This woman is so reliable about her grooming and so generous that if you knock it outright, you've she'll tip you highly. She comes every four weeks. She never equivocates on the appointment. She never misses. They communicate. It's easy to talk to. And she's got a helper that's easy to talk to, Jamie. And she's just a gift. She's not just a referral. In fact, several of my dogs and clients I consider being real gifts. I'm going to gift Annie to a groomer that I know will let me come in and not be I. so I've got this that they, you know, <laughs> don't let me come in. That will let me come in. And kind of show them what, how I've been doing her. And how Not only that, but that's a wonderful, gentle handoff for the lady who is so kind to you. Every time when I tell them that I'm leaving, I follow that with an assurance that I'm going to personally select a groomer to refer them to that I think is going to be right for them and right for the job. And I'm trying to get people's addresses so I can make a Google map. Yeah, good idea. So I'll put in where the groomers are that I like, <laughs> and then I'll pinpoint the people, and uh, we'll match up. I like that. I think it's the right way to go. All right. Hey, let's take a break, and then we're going to move on to the cool first subject, which is germs. Germs. <laughs> Did you know that Stasco has come out with a couple of new products? First, there's the Stasco Oatmeal Protein Conditioner. This conditioner provides exceptional body and manageability and super shiny finishes. And it has a wonderful apple scent that I love. Great in the recirculator too. And they have a new matching protein conditioning spray. Dematting, anti-static conditioning and finishing all in one. Just like the original Stasco spray, but with that delicious apple fragrance. Look for these new products at trade shows and your favorite distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. Ready groomers? Here comes our first appointment. Barbara, there was a person online, I'm not sure if it was our group or a different group, but they were complaining about the smell that happens in the bathing beauty when you don't rinse it out. Is that a dangerous thing? Not really. You know, it is germs. 
So bacteria causes a sour smell and there's about a quarter of a cup of water that remains inside the pump even when you, you quit shampooing. Although we do store our pump on its side so that most all of the water drains out. But it, especially if you don't turn your pump on the side and if you just leave it in the tub standing up, it's going to have a little collection of water. There may even be a little water under it that you've missed. And that can gather bacteria overnight, which is an important lesson of how fast bacteria can accumulate. But that's it. All you have to do is run vinegar through the, your bathing beauty for a minute and you have a wonderfully clean bathing beauty. A little bit of sour smell does not mean that your entire bathing system has been contaminated with nasties. I think we just need to reduce our fear of germs. We have kind of gone from reputation for being unclean grooming places to a little bit of overdoing the germ thing. We've become a little germophobic. Yeah, especially in society these days. We used to kind of not pay attention to cleaning our hands every time we had a meal. Every fear of germs increased exponentially with the COVID thing. Right. But the truth is, groomers cannot maintain a totally disinfected system like vets try to operate. They use stainless steel tables. They wipe them clean between animals. You know, they clean off everything. We don't do that. Just our table mats are going to accrue some germs. And we have germs on our skin all the time. A little bit of germs is a good thing. A fear of germs to the point that you run powerful disinfectants through the bathing beauty like bleach. You should never run bleach through your bathing system because bleach corrodes metal and there are metal components inside the pump. And if you do bleach through it and leave it, you're going to be corroding the inside of your bathing beauty motor and it's going to die sooner. I had an experience with bleach many years ago. Dave, when he, when he worked for me the first time, he thought he would be super good cleaner if he left a diluted bleach solution in the tub over the weekend. How did that turn out? He rested the bottom of the tub. Oh, that's not good. I came in and opened up the next week and freaked the fuck out because <laughs> there was rust in the bottom of my tub. And I said, how did this happen? Well, I thought I'd clean it out by leaving it sit over the weekend. Well, no, you rushed it out. And then every other plumber guy that ever came into my shop would tell me that the rest was going to grow and kill the tub. That didn't happen. Oh. They wanted me to resurface the inside of my tub. I didn't. I didn't have the money to do it. I didn't have the wherewithal to do it. And I didn't need to do it. I just cover it with a bath mat. Good enough. The rust isn't contagious. It isn't going to hurt the animals. It just discolors and it's kind of ugly and it looks like it's going to wear out. But you know what? 
that was 20 years ago. It hasn't rusted through yet. And, and the rust has just stood up. I mean, it hasn't grown. It hasn't, well, maybe a little. So this is it. We need to coexist with germs in our natural environment. They are a part of nature. You can't talk about yourself as being a natural fanatic if you're also germophobic. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Petri dish theory. I expose myself to everybody's yucky bathrooms and the grocery stores and the gas stations and in people's houses, and I never get sick because I figure I'm getting a little bit of COVID, a little bit of flu, a little of whatever else that happens to be laying on the nasty sink of the gas station because that's really mostly where it is. I always wash my hands, but there's no avoiding touching everything you Money, money is money is one of the most unsanitary. Paper money is one of the most unsanitary thing items in our environment. If you take cash and you won't take a credit card, you're gonna be, you know. There was some study that said like thirteen percent of the bills had cocaine residue. Right now it's fentanyl. Now the surfaces in our buses test positive for fentanyl in Seattle. Oh, that's drug exposure, and that's bad. It is bad. Now, exposure is much worse than a little bacteria in the grooming environment. Indeed. I do wipe my table down, and I wipe my stuff down, and I spray things with alcohol, and I keep my tub clean, but I am not taking my bathing beauty apart and scrubbing every part of it very often. No, I do it maybe not even once a month. Yeah. You know, occasionally, and if it's if it starts choking or gasping for breath, <laughs> I go, oh, honey, you need a little cleaning? Let's see what you got in there. And if it's icky inside my bathing beauty, don't freak out about that either. I just like to clean that out with a brush on something. I think vinegar is pretty good enough for a lot of the germs, and we do need to be careful about Pseudomonas reganosa, right, which is everywhere. There's a damp and dirty environment. That's the one that we want to be targeting, not just all germs. Well, you can't just select. Hello, I'm killing all of this one kind of bacteria. <laughs> no, <laughs> you need to know what disinfectants kill Pseudomonas reganosa, and use that. I don't use cationic uh, disinfectants. I just think it's overkill. I use a lot of vinegar. And I use, um, I get bottles of the 60% vinegar because regular store vinegar, it's 2%. So you go through those bottles really quickly. So the 60% vinegar is what they call cleaning vinegar. And it's um potent vinegar, you know, and you can dilute it like you would your store vinegar, and it's still much more potent, and it's going to be much more capable of killing unwanted microbes. But it's not so likely to rust your metal, to be dangerous to inhale, which also bleaches. I hate bleach. 
erode the pads of feet of the dogs if you use it on the floor. It's just a general cleaning um, method and steam cleaning also. Steam cleaning will kill 99.9% of the germs and it's a good way to clean your wire cages if you have them. Um, but you know what? I can't get my staff to use steam cleaning. I believe in it. I can use it, but nobody else will use it. Bummer. I also like enzymatic cleaners for floors and your table and things. And, and the thing about enzymatic is that you don't try to dry it. You let it air dry as it air dries on the surface of your floors or whatever. The enzymes do their magic. Neutralize the, the germs, okay? Okay. Don't let the fear of germs overwhelm you. Come on, don't be a germaphobe. Be germ mindful, but not fearful. You can control it, but you don't have to eliminate, you know, and a sour smell does not mean something is spoiled forever. Just clean it. Let's move on to our next subject after these words from our sponsor. Let me tell you about Best Shot's newest addition to the Ultramax Pro line. Ultramax Hair Hold is a flexible hairspray that can be layered on for a stronger hold. Ultramax Hair Hold Spray is great, but my favorite new product is called the Max, and I won't groom without it. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It reduces drying time and handles undercoat and tangles like magic. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor or learn more online at bestshotpet.com. Grooming success begins with Best Shot in your tub. Made from the best stuff on earth. Look out, here it comes. It's your mobile moment. It's winter. Well, it's almost winter. It's still not quite winter, but it's very close. I can see winter. Oh, agreed. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. We haven't had frost yet. We usually would have had frost by now, but we haven't had that. But time is marching on and I know it's coming. So I'm going to have to turn my wall heater on. And I always worry every year when I have to go over there and turn that thing on because during the summer tons of hair gets in there it's not even in like the flow of air and tons of hair gets in my heater so I wanted to take this moment to remind everyone to clean out the hair from your heater there's not I, everybody has a little bit different interior heaters for their grooming vehicles in my case it's one of those little bathroom heaters with a dial on it that has a thermostat and it just has a fan with a shaft and an element it's just kind of two parts so you can pull the front off of it, take a flashlight and your hemos, and you can pull that out, or you can hit it with a light blast of air from one of your dryers. And get that hair out of there, pull it all out, and you'd be surprised how much hair will come out of there just from one summer. And then I put it all back together, and I fire it up. And I say that because sometimes there's a little fire in there, which can be dangerous. Not a good job. There shouldn't be. It's when you've gone too fast and you're cleaning. It's a little something. It's true, but 
the element is one of those little wire ones with the circular wrapping around a ceramic thing. So sometimes a hair gets stuck behind there. And you that naked element. Yes, the naked <laughs> element. And so when you fire it up, it could potentially smell like burning hair, which is not a pleasant smell, especially if you're pulling up to a house. Oh, you know what's worse? What? When somebody has lifted their leg on your heater in the meanwhile. Oh, yeah, I don't have room for that. Burning urine. Ew. That sounds gross. It's awful. Yeah, so you need one clean the outside because you never know when somebody might have hit that thing and a little spray. Absolutely. But don't fire it up at your client's house or while the dogs are in the trailer just in case it does burst into flames. First time, yeah. yeah. You know, I just beginning of the heating season you need to watch your heater carefully that it's functioning properly right yes and there's nothing worse than being a mobile groomer in a trailer that has zero insulation and having a faulty heater that is not working luckily we have the hv dryer and i can turn it on but it doesn't hold in there so the minute you turn the hv dryer off the air starts to get cold again so check your heaters folks don't burn your shops down and why not check your filters on your dryers at this time of year, too, and change the drives out in your clippers. All right, that's my mobile moment. Sometimes my clients don't like a walking air freshener. When these crazy people request a scent-free option, I go right to show season. Show season true cheerless shampoo and hypo conditioner fit the bill. They are totally fragrance-free and yet hold up on their own as good products. True Cheerless has been expertly formulated to be gentle to the eyes, skin, and hair while maintaining good cleaning power. Hypo conditioner is a great option as well, and it's one of our favorite conditioners with or without fragrance. So let's get fragrance-free. Use True Cheerless and Hypo conditioner from Show Season today. Go to showseasongrooming.com. Speaking of show season and cleaning, uh, show season has a great enzymatic cleaner called Kennel Fresh. And you dilute it with warm water and it smells good. And then it evaporates to be a deodorant. So it will deodorize your premises. I use it in the tank of my carpet cleaner. So when I do a wet clean, because it just adds a really good action there. So as the kettle fresh dries, it's enzymatic. It eats the bacteria and the odor source. So it's really good stuff. You can use it indoors or out. You don't use it on the pets. It's just an object and floor and environment cleaner. Try it. It's really worth it. I like that product. Groomers, take your seats. It's time for B-Bird's Classroom. Oh, hi, hey, we're gonna compare a couple of products today because we had an inquiry and they, they um, wanted to know the ingredients of a uh, shampoo they were using in Australia. So, uh, Susie, do you have the name of that? It's called Fraser Essentials. Okay, so apparently this is a popular kind of high-end shampoo and conditioner brand that is popular in England and the EU and Australia, especially Australia. So I looked at it and 
I noticed that, first of all, they're marketing just on their additives. They're, they are identifying their additives, wheat protein, vegetable protein, and Lang Lang essential oil. This is going to be the shampoo. And so that's the only ingredients that they're telling you are the additives, the cookies. They're not telling you anything about the cake. Seems a little incomplete. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. And, that, you know, it burns my grips. I'm getting my Southern on. Good. You know, Good getting, practice. Got to get my grits going here. Burns my grips to have them rave about their shampoo and only tell you what the additives are, not what the working ingredients, the actives are. And by the way, you know by now that I've got a thing now about essential oils. I didn't think this day would ever come. I was an aromatherapist. I studied the aromatherapy. I have a ton of essential oil, whole little shelves of stuff. And now I'm learning that essential oils are not necessarily all that great in uh, cosmetic products. Not so bad in shampoos and conditioners that are rinsed off right away. But nonetheless, we need to know that Lang Lang is one of the whole essential oils not just components of essential oils that have been identified as being a sensitizer and creating and triggering allergic reactions. And in this case, this company is using single essential oils in their products. So they're probably using like a higher percent of one essential oil rather than a mixture which might amount to 1%. It's like using a single ingredient rather than a blend? Right. Okay. But a blend can be bad if it contains components that have been identified by the EU, by the way, as being allergenic. Now, we haven't had a shitload of pets being allergic to the more natural shampoos and conditioners. But it takes years for that kind of thing to accumulate. And what happened in the human beauty arena is that after several years of essential oils getting used more and more in more products, more and more, more and more, more and more, there started to be identifiable connection between the essential oils and allergic reactions. And when the scientists broke it down, they found certain chemical components of some essential oils, actually quite a few essential oils, are capable of causing or triggering an allergic reaction. And then the EU created a list so that people could know what to avoid and they required labeling to break down if you had any of these components that were connected to allergies that they had to put them on the label if they were more than 0.01 percent for 
leave on or 0.001% for rinse off products. Okay, so it's an accumulation. There's a list and it's grown from 28 potential allergens to 56. Well, that's considerably larger. Right now, you'll notice on some products, especially ones that are sold in the EU or marketed to the EU, they will have a list of ingredients and they'll name the preservatives and then they'll say, or either that or right after the fragrance, they'll say delimonene, you know, they'll start naming the chemical components that are in this product at an amount that's greater than 0.01% for leave-in products or 0.001% for rinse-out products. So, you know, the EU is on top of this. The EU has recognized that essential oils themselves can create and cause allergic problems in humans. There haven't been a lot of animal studies, but believe me, grooming follows human cosmetic trends. So we'll, it's coming. It's coming and we might as well get mindful of what the problem is now. Lang Lang as a whole essential oil is identified by name as a sensitizing essential oil, as is lavender, as is all the citrus and others. So do we need to avoid the shampoos that are full of essential oils like dogliness? No, dogliness just uses one essential oil. Oh, okay. See, let me compare dogliness to this without knowing exactly what the working ingredients are of this Fraser Essential. Um, most likely, they're not naming the working ingredients because they're just your typical working ingredients. I'm just going to make that assumption. Dogliness is a product line, a brand that has an extremely high bar that they have set for inclusion in their products. They want no silicones, no phthalates, no sulfates, no this, no that, I-I-I, no DEA, no ethanolamines which I'm going to have to explain to you because who knows what the fuck that is. Right. I do, so <laughs> next time. That's what we pay you for. No. <laughs> they have one essential oil that's kind of the essence of dogliness, and that's the, um, it's Immortel. It's their signature essential oil that's in all of their stuff. And it's not on the list. Okay, so it doesn't seem to be a potential allergen essential oil and they just use that but that does not make them like fraser fraser is just marketed on the one characteristic you know just on their additives dogliness has a full ingredient list available dogliness has gone overboard to be totally transparent so we can pick dogliness apart we cannot pick Fraser apart. We can only say they're not telling us. That's not allowing us to make a healthy choice for ourselves or our pets. Or in our case as groomers, for other people's pets. You've got to be extra careful. You can't experiment so much on other people's pets. 
as you can on your own. So they just go by word of mouth. And the fact that it's high price point, if it costs the most, it must be the best. They're marketing on that psychological assumption that we have. But that's not necessarily true. And by the way, again, I will say, if it's all natural, it's not necessarily any better than the traditional products that we're using from worthy companies. And if you find out the ingredients of the Fraser uh, stuff, I'll be happy to take an objective look at it. Oh, and let's add right now that to get Barbara to look at a shampoo, the easiest way to do it is post it on the GroomPod discussion group and make sure that the label is legible so she can look up the ingredients. If it doesn't have ingredients, we can't do much with it. I have to have ingredients either from the label or from the website. But here's another thing. I Because we brought up the question of dogliness, I had an interesting interaction. There was an interesting conversation going on the Shampoos in the Grooming Industry Facebook group, accusing dogliness of greenwashing. And I want you to know that they are not, they're the most unwashed. They are the most truly green product on the market. They have gone out of their way, so out of their way that they have a list of no nasties I celebrate their high bar, their requirements. They can choose not to have anything in their product that they want, but don't call it nasty because that implies that the rest of the marketplace is being uncaring and poisoning pets. You know, that's just a a terrible intimidation. That's fear mongering and it's mishandling, misinformation. It's not a marketing choice that we support. No. And if you want me to go nasty by nasty, I will. Let me know. I'm, you know, like I'm on the precipice of doing that. And I've already told you what I thought about sulfates, that if they're properly formulated, they're excellent shampoos and excellent dirty dog shampoos where you want to avoid sulfates is if you're shampooing every damn day and the reason that dogliness costs so much is because those ingredients cost a lot more when you have an ingredient that's just like new to the marketplace or you know just used by one percent of the shampoo manufacturers it's going to cost a lot more than when there's a demand by 95% of the shampoo manufacturers. That kind of demand drives down prices. But being so particular that you're just using certain types of sulfate-free, the sulfate-free you have to use more. So you have to have either more double up or triple up on the cleansing surfactants, or you need to have a higher percentage of your cleansing surfactant in your shampoo. You got to use more and it costs more. iGroom did that and they had to back up and reformulate several of their popular products because the sulfate-free ingredients were kicking their ass. Hmm. They weren't making money. Yeah, I bet. 
they were best product of the year, but they weren't making money and they were knocking themselves out with sales. Anyway, that's the thing about dogliness that I, I have an issue with is that they call the ingredients that they don't use. First of all, they market by what's not in the product. And they use that to frighten people away from traditional products and perfectly good ingredients. There's no reason to fear silicones. And I could say the same thing. There's no reason to fear sulfates unless you're using them, you know, on a show dog that you're bathing two, three times on a weekend. That's where you really want a sulfate-free cleaner. The dog's not that dirty, but you just want to freshen him up. That's a good place for dogliness. Well, there you go. And on that note, I just noticed what time it is, and I've got to jet out of here. So thanks for being here, everybody. And remember to join us again next time on The Groom Time. Happy grooming. See you next time. Bye. Take care of yourselves. We love you.